0: what's going on everybody we got a big podcast coming your way we're breaking down the over-unders in the NBA for every team in the Western Conference. But before we get there, we do have to shout out our sponsor, Stephen Liambis Real Estate. Stephen is a top producing realtor in the greater Toronto area, known for his extensive market knowledge and unmatched devotion to his clients. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or lease, he is there to guide you through every step of the way. Be sure to check him out at Homes homesbysteven on Instagram or online at homesbysteven.ca. Make sure you're checking him out for all of your real estate needs, but also he's got an incredible giveaway going on right now. He's giving away a PlayStation 5. No idea how he got his hands on it, but Steven, Steven, he's going to do what he's got to do. Enough of the plugs. Let's get to the podcast. Again, with another big podcast. And before we get to what we we are going to be talking about for the next hour or so, I got to do this. I'm pulling my previous position on Deshaun Watson. Let me explain why. I spent Sunday rooting against a player that I love watching probably more than 98% of the NFL. So I am here to pull my position, because I was rooting against him just so my point could be right. And that's not the sports fan that I want to be. I am pulling my position that he is an overrated quarterback. He is extremely talented. He's been dealt an incredibly difficult hand. So I'm pulling that position. Deshaun, I'm sorry. Please win a playoff game, but I am sorry. Good? The curse is over, Ian? I can let this go now?
1: Well, I think the one interesting part is that we saw exactly what personifies what goes on with Deshaun Watson is that he is incredible. He is remarkable. He is breathtaking. And then he puts his team in a position to beat the favorite in the Indianapolis Colts and his center fumbles the football on a shitty snap. And if you want to know what it's like being someone who supports someone that good to watch it all get thrown away from that,
0: then you understand what it's like to be a Deshaun Watson fan. Yeah, and it was like he did everything to win and then lost. And that's kind of, and again, really not to his fault. And that's kind you know, of been we, his
1: career. And it's funny, we talked about Kiki Co- Cootie or Cootie or Cutie. Cootie. Yeah. And that dude had like 140 yards receiving. <laughs> like that guy was in, was in Bill O'Brien's doghouse for years and then like basically comes off the street 140 right in your face
0: it was the, the guy's unbelievable it was awesome and yes he blew a big lead to uh to in the playoffs last year against Patrick mm-hmm. freaking Mahomes okay like and that's it i think that what my point should have been was that i think that mahomes is in a tier on his own right now i don't think that anyone is in that tier i think that you would agree with that as well but you i know, do I think, think the closest
1: right now is rogers
0: yeah yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I just but think, I think Mahomes, in his own, he's on his own. is in his own, own, his own tier. Own. And, and I think you could, you could argue tier one is Mahomes, tier two is Rodgers. And then Watson's in that third tier. You know, he, he clearly is. He is, in, he is a top five NFL quarterback talent. So I don't want to root against him. I love watching him play football. So yeah, we're moving so on from that. So let's get to a couple of quick topics here, Ian, because we're excited. We are doing over-unders for NBA in the Western Conference. But before we get there, a few things happening in the National Basketball Association. (laughs) and One of them is James Harden. We've hinted at it. We've talked to some people on this podcast about it. Um, Ian, why don't you fill everyone in on exactly what is going on around the James Harden saga as we sit here tonight on Tuesday night?
1: Yeah, I mean, so for people who weren't following along, he had requested a trade for what feels like two months ago, but was probably three weeks ago um, to go to Brooklyn. And he basically said like, that was his only destination. And, and underneath all this, the Russell Westbrook, James Harden thing was sort of festering. Westbrook wanted out because Harden and the organization lacked accountability. Um, and look, there's been stuff with Harden festering under the surface for years about how the organization, you know, did whatever he wanted. And now they are where they are. You know, we started with Dwight Howard. He needed Dwight Howard. Then it went, we need Chris Paul. Then it went, you know, we need Russell Westbrook. Now we need John Wall. And, you know, and then so what happened now is that he wants out, so he's forcing his way. So he's partying up in Vegas. He's in Atlanta with little baby for his birthday, making it rain, going to clubs, all that sort of stuff. And today we get word that he report, he reported, but new head coach Steven Silas does not know when or if or however long that's gonna take for him to clear protocol. So it's still very much in the air. Does he does he want still want out? Is he willing to try out this new system? Because here's the thing, right? I mean, this is the first time we've seen from the Harden Rockets in five years, let's say, where the team isn't completely tailored around him and how he plays. You know, this is a team that they've tried to build that's a little more diversified. Christian Wood, um, DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, they, they are trying to make an actual basketball team, not, you know, Harden in the hard Nets. So we'll see what happens, but it's it's been a complete disaster. And what it's done is it's forced us to ask really hard questions about where we are with player empowerment. It's forced us to ask really hard questions on if you're pro player, which I am. But does this give you the willies like it does for me? I mean, it feels like he's gone too far. I mean, it forces you to really think about it.
0: I didn't like the fact that there was an NBA protocol in place that you had to be self-quarantined from, I think, the 26th of November to the the 2nd of December. Like that, if you're going to play basketball this year for your team, that's what you had to do. And then he's out doing all this. He is, he's a human being. He has a shit ton of money he technically can do whatever he wants but he makes that money playing basketball and it puts the coach in a tough position it put a brand new coach brand new management in a tough position mm-hmm. can he technically can he do whatever he wants of course he can he's one of the seven best basketball players in the world right now as controversial as he is as you know as um, as difficult as he is to watch a lot of the time he still is james harden but again it just it it definitely left a sour taste in our mouths. And and I I coming into this, I do wish that we had spoken to a couple of the, the Rockets friends that we had just to see what they feel. Cause I know Harden can do no wrong to them. But you know what? It's it's tough. It's it's tough to kind of isolate that to your point. Like we're we are pro player, they are what make the makes the league go round, but you you gotta play and and be a part of this.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, my big thing was again, Hey, if you don't want a report that's completely within your right, I mean, there you're probably going to get into fines and then you got to get the union involved and in terms of a bit of a shit show, but we see it in the NFL all the time. So if you're going to hold out, I, I get it. I mean, you're under contract. It's annoying, but Hey, I mean, I understand where I have an issue is you are out setting a bad example. Agreed. And you have fans and kids and, people that love and adore you, and you're out setting a bad example. You are putting, I know he's had COVID. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if you can get it twice, but he's putting other people at risk. Yep. And with his behavior, not, not just in his general vicinity, but with his behavior and the example is setting. And unfortunately, like you know, Charles Barkley famous, just famously said, I, I'm not a role model. I don't need James Harden to be my role model. But I do need to act him to act like a professional, particularly if he's one making forty one million dollars this year. Exactly, so, a guy under contract with yes. the Houston Rockets for three more for two more right. years plus a player option, which he newsflash, guys, he's picking that up. So, look, I, I it left a bad taste in my mouth, mostly for the reasons of because I'm very pro player, mostly for the reason of you're putting people at risk now, and unfortunately, like that's the part that rubbed me the wrong way because it's like. Are you doing this so you can, you know, is this is this a way to, you know, basically send an
0: FU to the Rockets because it's so public?
1: Or are you just a bad yeah, person who doesn't
0: give a shit? And like, an FU to, either to the Rockets. Way, the, the franchise who's literally tailored their entire basketball system. Everything to. To fit you, your needs. To fit. Gave you.
1: gave you the opportunity to become a star. Now, that is his work that he put in. But Absolutely. they gave him the keys. For sure, when when a lot of other organizations, I'm sorry, we can we 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 have this hardened revisionist history with this trade. That um, oh my god, Houston got a star for nothing. Well, it's like was there signs that he was going to be really good? Of course there was. They, this was not the guy that they traded for. No, and and to their credit, they recognize it and ha- Maury handed him the keys. A lot of organizations that were in on that bidding were not willing to hand him the keys. Yeah, Houston was. They deserve at least
0: some shred of credit for that. I agree. And what's really interesting is the timing of all of this. And not just the fact that we're in a pandemic, not just the fact that it's right before the start of the season, but because of the offseason that is the 2020-2021 offseason, well the 2020 offseason for the NBA, what we're left with now, Ian, is a league that normally would have eight suitors for a James Harden type at least when right now there's no money and you have this looming James Harden mentality of, if I don't like the team you're going to trade me to, I'm just not going to report to that team. So the team has to know for sure that he's all in with that franchise long term. So where you look at it and go, okay, well, Minnesota has the assets or Denver has the assets or these all these teams would have an opportunity to jump in on a transcendent. Maybe that's a little far on a generational talent like James Harden it's not there right now. It's not there. So I ask you then, Ian, who is your number one, or, or not even number one. Why don't you give me a landing spot for James Harden and what that trade might look like? One that is realistic, of course. Uh, Well, you had a good one. you sent one to me today that I loved.
1: Yeah. So you told me about one that Bill Simmons of the ringer came up with where he had this idea of, and if I say anything wrong, just jump in. But basically the idea was if someone like – if another team, if Brooklyn, for example, decided they they knew they were an asset short because the offer of Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and Levert. the LeVert and the rest of the poopoo platter of dimes and quarters um, wasn't enough to get someone as good as Harden, Could they overpay for a blue chip prospect, someone like Michael Porter Jr.? bring him in, and then flip him right to Houston in the Harden package. And I just never found that to be realistic because if Houston isn't going to take a bunch of dimes and quarters for their star, why would Denver give up their blue chipper, which is their key to get into any negotiation? Denver can get into any negotiation of any star because A, they have all their picks, and B, they have the guy that people are going to want in Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Why would they do that under rookie control? So it, that never made any sense to me. So I was thinking about it today and, you know, I was, you know, sort of batting around, okay, I'm looking at, cause we're doing these overrunners and I'm thinking to myself, how can we, how can we be sure that Denver can survive the Jeremy Grant issue? And one way that they survive is Michael Porter Jr. Steps in and is ready to play 30, 35 minutes a night. Now, a guy with, Historically poor, right? Health history that is that is asking a lot, and terrible defensive metrics. Well, and yeah, and then you and there you go. And Denver's not not going to be a great defensive team as constructed as it is. So I'm thinking, okay, what if we did the same trade, but instead of sending Simmons to Houston, you still send Porter. To, you send Porter to Houston instead, and you find a way to get Ben Simmons. To Denver, and you flip Harden to Philly. So, you know that that one was pretty interesting. So, I'll run through what the trade was. So, the trade
0: ended up being while you pull th- it up. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. While no, you pull you it up quickly, the the point that I had made before was that the one thing that Houston wanted was a, a potential generational young a blue talent. chipper. Blue chipper, which book? I want a blue
1: chipper, and I want a cash. I want a cachet of draft assets. Right. Right. So I'd say Michael Porter Jr. checks that box. So basically what it was is Houston ends up with Will Barton, Gary Harris, Mike Scott from Philly, P.J. Dozier, Michael Porter Jr., and then three firsts. And those firsts come from a combination of Philadelphia and Denver. Denver ends up with Ben Simmons and Ben McLemore, and then the 76ers end up with their guy in Harden. Now, I I do see a couple problems with this. For Denver, you... Simmons fixes all of your wing defense issues. There, there's all of them. I don't know if there's five wing defenders better than Ben Simmons. So he solves that problem. He immediately fills in from Jeremy Grant, but when you're giving up Barton and Harris and Dozier, like you're, you're cannibalizing a lot of your depth. So, you know, if I were them, I'd much rather send out another future first and keep one of
0: Barton or Harris, whichever and, one and they need. They and they're not an important. elite shooting team, anyways. Like, so then and you're bringing in an absolute non shooter in Simmons. But to your point, but they made it work with Grant, is how did. I would view yes, it. Yes, is exactly. how I would view it.
1: And yep. then obviously for Harden, for Philly, they get Harden. The other one I liked, the other one I liked, and I know I'm only supposed to have one, the other one I liked no, was no, Miami. No, no, that's fine. Miami was Miami. And there was a question on Twitter today: Is if Houston called Philly, or sorry, if Houston called Miami and said, "What about Jimmy Butler for James Harden?" You'd have to think Miami would say no, right? Oh no, I think they'd say yes in a heartbeat. You do, because I, do. I don't think so. I, do. I, I, th- I think that all the all the equity that Butler has given has already gotten with that fan totally base, agree. that organization. The run to the finals, all that sort of stuff. I, I, have, a, I have a hard time believing that, but you could, I, I want to hear your, your,
0: I want to hear your side I of that. agree. I agree with that point. I would also put that. I think that Jimmy Butler's a, a more well-balanced NBA player than James Harden is in a sense that he is an elite, uh, an, uh, an above, I don't, he's somewhere between above average and elite. So he's a great defender. Let's put it that way. Like he can't shoot threes to save his freaking life, right? And he still finds a way to make a dip- difference. He definitely finds a way to make an impact. I just think that you're talking about Pat Riley here. I don't think Pat Riley gives a shit about the equity that Jimmy Butler made, even if he just took him to a final. I, I, I think like this would be an Isaiah Thomas I situation. think
1: Jimmy Butler's attitude meshes a lot better with someone like riley than someone like harden would now
0: and, if you get Harden, harden into miami has- with those strip with the strip club scene there oh baby yeah but um, if you
1: get Harden into hashtag heat culture and you get him on the six percent body fat or whatever the threshold is i think it could be really interesting but let's say they want to make sure they're pairing harden they're pairing harden and butler together because as soon as they signed bam to that max extension they punted basically on youngs the only way they can do yep. it is if they tear down and find other ways or to trade,
0: right? or which trade they're not which they're it. not doing. Right,
1: right. So the other way to add a star is to use your Tyler Heroes and Duncan Robinson. So th- there is an avenue, whether it's with Hero, Kelly O'Linick, Iguadala, And if you do it in the season, it could be Goran Dragic instead to get to where you want with Harden. Now for Houston, that all depends on how you feel about Hero, but that's another one. But even then, that would none of those feel like amazing
0: fits. No, I would I would ask for Robinson too, if I'm Houston. Give me Hero oh, Robinson I absolutely would. And, and I ask for everything. For sure. Um, I ask for Precious too. If, uh, yeah, me too. I, I honestly forgot about Precious. I thought you were just making a joke about a movie. Uh, no, I, I. I actually kind of like that. Now, it feels like you're getting 75 cents for a dollar rather than... For, you know, All depends than that, that on how you feel about cents. Hero.
1: I don't, I don't believe that Hero is an absolute no-doubt blue chipper
0: like some do. I agree with you 100%. I don't think he is either. I think he is extremely talented. I think his confidence is off the oh, charts, which it. I think is good. But we have to see more. I agree. So I'll throw mine in here quickly before we get to one more quick topic, Ian. And, ah, the Celtics. Do they hang up the phone if Houston calls and says, we want Jason Tatum? Yes. The answer is yes, they do. They hang up the phone. What if he calls back, talks to Danny Ainge and says, all right, I'm not taking Kemba. I don't even know if this guy can walk. So let's talk about Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Does Boston hang up the phone is my question. I would say yes.
1: I believe that Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in the aggregate do more for Boston than what, than what James Harden would do because you want to hand the keys to Tatum anyway. So all I'm doing is I bring in Harden, I'm taking the keys away from Tatum, which is not what I want to do. I want to surround Tatum with rangy wing defenders. I want to surround him with shooting. I want to surround him with rim protection. I want to do all that stuff. If I'm Boston, I'm hunting a big guy. I'm hunting a Gobert. That's, that's what I'm hunting. I'm not hunting for another ball handling score. And particularly, if you go Kemba and Harden as your backcourt, oh my God. I mean, they're
0: going to get roasted. Maybe. Maybe. And that's where I'd say, then give me P.J. Tucker back as well. Now, I'll give you the picks. I'll give you the picks. But I want P.J. Tucker as well because to your point, you're losing two of your starting five. Boston wants to remain as competitive as possible. But I found that interesting. And really quickly, Siakam, no, don't even put that in the universe. <laughs> I want to know part
1: of that. Look, like I, I went through this, I had a whole rant on Twitter yesterday. And if you guys want to see it, e, at Ian Stansfield twenty six, go for it. Ian Stan26, isn't it? No, I changed it. Did I, you? I'm, oh, okay. I'm professional now. You're a professional. Yeah, you're a podcaster. And yeah. Look, like I just don't see a market.
0: It's not there. The it's market Philly. is Brooklyn and Philly. That's because it. They're not, they're not taking that Brooklyn deal. To your point. It's no, shit. I, and they shouldn't. No, you have
1: three three years left in your contract. If when the contract in three years, your player options for 48 or 49 million, whatever it is. If you want to turn that down, all the power to you. Well, I'm going to leave that in your hands. That ain't happening.
0: So this is what I'm doing. You're under control. I'm not trading you for Karis Levert. I mean, give me a break. Perfect segue. It's exactly what what my, my position is on it as well. You're under contract. If you don't want to play, that's fine. Don't no play, problem. don't play. I may I'm only, not taking.
1: I'm not taking fifty cents on the dollar. No, nah, I mean,
0: exactly. I may not even find you because I understand that the, the the optics of that around the NBA with superstars and all that stuff. Okay, players' league. I get it. I'm waiting till the summer next year. I'm tanking this year. You're not playing. You're out. I'm gonna go John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, PJ Tucker, Daniel House. I am gunning for a top four pick. I want to be the worst team in the NBA because they still own their their draft pick, if it's within, if it's one to four this year, I'm mm-hmm. gunning for the bottom, okay? Hey, John, you know what? It's March. I think you need an eScope. scope Sorry, bud. We need that top one to four pick. And then next year, when, when more people have money, when people start missing out on Giannis and potentially Kawhi, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then I, I'm going to have more suitors for James Harden. And that's what I'm so doing. the other beauty about waiting for the summer is you
1: see where the draft lies. Yeah. So let's say for fun, because we're going to get this in over-unders. I personally don't believe that Golden State is going to be very good. If anything, I am banking on them being not very good. They have Minnesota's pick.
0: And I'm not sure what the status of their own is. They own it if it's one to 20. 21 to 30, it goes to Oklahoma City as a part of the Ubre deal. So that's not happening. They're not finishing that. So
1: let's say for fun, golden state finds a way to get a top five pick again all of a sudden there's a package out there that is minnesota's pick which is likely going to be in the top 10 you have your own pick which in this case is in the top five you have your wiggins contract you have wiseman if you want to get frisky Yep. all of a sudden that is an elite-level package for someone like James Harden. You, and if Wiseman has a great year, there's your blue chipper. You get two, two pretty damn solid picks of what's supposed to be a damn good draft. And, all, and you get the Wiggins thing, which is whatever. But all of a sudden, that market opens up because I can see where you are in the draft. I don't want to trade for a future if I don't know what it is. If I'm trading for a 2021, I want to know exactly where it's landing.
0: Especially when you're trading away the talent that gets you to the playoffs for sure. If you're, if you're, especially if you're not bringing back a ready-made step into the lineup, no doubt all-star like Ben Simmons would be, that's what you'd have to do is have that certainty. So we spent way longer on this than we thought we would, but that's what we always do. Ian really quick. There was that deal that we mentioned last week on the podcast, Russell Westbrook to Washington for John wall and a heavily protected 2023 first round pick Ian quickly. Give me your thoughts on that deal, and then we'll get into the over-unders. Okay, so initially, I absolutely
1: hated it for Washington. I couldn't – I'm watching Russell Westbrook go through Kevin Durant, guy who had to get out of there. Paul George had to get out of there. James Harden had to get Westbrook out of there. I'm looking at all these teammates going, God, why, why do all these guys want to get away from Westbrook? Why would the Wizards risk this with Bradley Beal? And then you really start to just take a step back and you really just look and look at the landscape and you see what someone like James Harden is doing. You see the kind of offseason that John Wall had where he's at a party and he's throwing up gang signs and shit. And then you see Russell Westbrook and at his first practice with the Wizards, he's two hours early to practice because he wants to set an example. You see pictures of him with their first round draft pick, Denny, Chatting about God knows what.
0: Danny Abjab, the right? guy.
1: But he's already chopping it up with the young guys. And you, you, you trade a guy who has given you no value in almost three years for a guy that is so imperfect, but is going to give it everything he has at all times. And for someone like Brad Beal, who's competitive as all hell, is going to respond to that. And I think – now, I don't love giving up the first, but whatever. It's likely going to be some se- – It's, it's crazy-protective. Yeah. crazy protected. So, initially, I had this as probably like a B-minus for the uh, Rockets, depending on what you think of Wall, and a C-minus for, for the Wizards. But I flipped it. I, I think this – that John Wall contract was pretty well untradeable. And the only way you were getting off is if you took off took on money that was almost as toxic. So I'm going to give the Wizards a B here. And again, I don't think they're winning the title. But are they more fun than they were yesterday or whenever the trade happened? Absolutely. So I think it's a B for them. And I think for for the Rockets, just based on if you put the trade in a vacuum, it's probably a C. If you look at what transpired transpired before that, it's a fucking F.
0: Well, uh, this is all I'm going to say. To your point about he, he's gone through Kevin Durant, he's gone through James Harden, uh, You know, it's because he was the second best player compared to those people. And Russell Westbrook will never, has never thought that he is the second best at anything. He thinks that he is the best player when he steps on the court every single time on his own team or against any opponent. So will the Wizards be more competitive this year? I believe so. Because yeah, I like him. Because if John Wall returned to even what he was before, at best, that's Russell Westbrook. It's not like John Wall was a a, a lights-out shooter in his own right or, or, you know, less athletic or more athletic than Russell Westbrook or a, a better passer. He, at no point in John Wall's career has he ever been better than Russell Westbrook. At no point. No. And now, is is he potentially a better fit in certain situations? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, personalities and uh, wanting to, to be second fiddle to Bradley Beal. That was something that he was extremely open to. I worry about Russell in that sense because he's already proven he doesn't want to be second fiddle to anybody. No one. And. But does he win games? Yes. Will what he have the to title lose? to your point? No. And what did he have do you to lose? He gave up nothing and he's going to be beloved in that city. Absolutely beloved. So let's push on here. Let's get, let's get to the entree Western conference over unders. Uh, you already mentioned them. Let's start here. Golden state warriors over under is 36 and a half. Now it's a 72 game season. So that would be a 42 win pace in an 82 game season the over is minus 160 the under is plus 120 for what it's worth i just want to say i do like golden state's
1: off season i like the ubre trade i would have liked it even if clay hadn't gotten hurt i like kelly ubre i think he gives you something and he gives you a little bit of juice on the wings that you haven't necessarily had um and honestly, he gives you a little bit of Wiggins insurance. But I, I do, I, you know, all kidding aside on Wiggins, I do think that he is going to perform admirably this year. At what level that is, I don't know. Is it going to be living up to the contract? I don't know. But I like Kent Bazemore. I like Brad Wanamaker. And I thought taking James Wiseman at two was just smart. It was just the easy and the right thing to do. They didn't need to get Q to go crazy. So I, I, I do like the offseason. season. But with that said, what the over under here is what 36 and a half in order to get there. We need peak health from Curry. We need Draymond to turn back the clock at least a little bit. And then we need a mini jump from Wiggins Mm -hmm. or we need Wiseman to come in right away and contribute. Like that's sort of the formula. And in playing in the West, I'm just not sure Curry's missed an average of 22 games Per season, the two seasons before the last one, which has obviously lost all the injury. I have so much respect for Curry, Kerr, Draymond, Bob Myers, that ownership group, Clay. Like, I how can you not love that team? I, I just don't see how they get it done. Now, if they start like eight and five, could they dangle that Minnesota pick and go get an upgrade? They absolutely could. They absolutely could. But it's basically Curry, Draymond, and some role players. And and I just don't know that the Warriors have the shot creation, the shot creation, the creativity to get looks when Curry's not on the floor to survive. I got the under. I have zero. By the way, sorry. The the 36 and a half
0: is the equivalent to what, 42 wins? This is not above 500 team. No chance. So I have zero concerns about their offense. I agree with you. They don't have a backup point guard. So when Curry sits, it's going to be a lot of, of Wiggins' time. But I also have faith that if anyone is going to maximize Andrew Wiggins' potential, it's Steve Kerr. It's that organization. It's that uh, that culture that they have built. And I think that he's going to thrive there. I, I truly believe that Andrew Wiggins is going to be the best version of himself in Golden State after having an offseason to really ingratiate himself into that culture. I like the Ubre pickup. And they need Wiggins to be better than Harrison Barnes 2.0, which isn't a high bar. Clay going out hurts. Oh, and it's, it, it's, it's just devastating. I have a lot of questions about their defense. Like, can James Wiseman step into the NBA and be a defensive center? I don't know. I doubt it. History says that it doesn't work very well. Steph is an average to below average defender in his own right. Wiggins has every freaking tool in the book to be an above average defender. I still remember watching him in his rookie season. Speaking of James Harden, absolutely lock him down. But he, it hasn't translated. Oubre, again, questionable defender. I had the over here. I had the over. I'm a believer in Wiggins. I'm a believer in, in Steph can carry a team to 500. Oh, the- that I believe. I, I believe Steph Curry. I believe Steph
1: Curry is one of the five best players I've ever watched. And he's generational. But that
0: that does rely on the injury, on the injury thing. Scares the shit out of me. It does. But you know what? I think that he's going to look to cement his place in eternity, and by taking this team to the playoffs, he will do that. So and, and look, if he if he gets this team to a six seed or above, just hand him the MVP. But I, w- we do
1: talk about Curry. The X Factor's Draymond. What state is he in? Because I I can tell you, I played NBA 2K the other day. And I was the Raptors jam. Then I got fired. (laughs) It's hard. So I got fired. So I ended up with being the Pistons. And I was able to get Draymond for peanuts. And then his rating after year one went way down. So is that what we're going to see?
0: Because that's what 2K is predicting. Are we seeing 2K Draymond? Uh, I'm taking the over. Even though, honestly, the value on the under at plus 120, I may actually take that because plus 120 is great value for this team. Speaking of the opposite of great value, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 28 and a half, 32 win pace for an 82 game regular season. The over is minus 150. The under is plus 115. Ian, who is Minnesota's closing five? Is it Rubio, Russell, Beasley, Culver, and Towns? Does does Edwards get in there? Who is their closing five? Because I don't think they have a power forward. Like Hernan Gomez is fine. Jake Lehman is not. Rondé is not closing a game for you. I am very much a D'Angelo Russell pessimist. I am very much a fan of Carl Anthony Towns as a basketball player. Not as someone who's going to win me basketball games in the short term. I'm also a fan of him as a human. Me too. Absolutely. I think that that dude needs to get the hell out of there. I said this a a lot in the last month. Losing breeds losing. You have to do what you can in their infancy as NBA players to give them a sense of winning. And Minnesota has done a terrible job of that with Wiggins. They did a terrible job of that with cat. And I think he continues. I got the under, I think they're in the, they're picking in the top five again. And that's, I think that they would keep their pick in the top three with... Yeah, I think eight. it's top four protected. I think that that they're right there. I think I think they're one of the five worst teams in the NBA. So let's quickly examine who's
1: in and who's out. So in is Anthony Edwards, the number one pick. Leandro Balmaro, Jade McDaniels, who I really liked, actually wanted the Raptors pick him. Ricky Rubio, which was a, a trade that I adored. Uh, and Hernan Gomez. And then out is James Johnson, Alan Crabb, Keelan Martin, Evan Turner, all guys that are garbage. So, this one to me is really hard to predict because we never actually got to see the Cat D pairing much because Cat was hurt and then COVID hit. So, you know, if you talk about the depth, the depth really is pretty good. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, it's not bad. I mean, I'm not a big Malik Beasley fan. That contract to me is hilarious, and it's even more hilarious now that he's out with Larsa Pippen. Praise praise up
0: for Scottie Pippen Jr.
1: You know, I feel terrible for that kid. You know, so the roster in a sense is there, and I think, you know, I like Ryan Saunders. I I really like Cat. I think it would be fun for them. Minnesota being good is just fun. and But the problem is going to be defense. The problem with Minnesota is always going to be defense. No matter who you surround, your two best players with, your two best players are massive, massive minuses on defense. They're and going to be atrocious it, on defense. And Atlanta is <laughs> gonna, Atlanta's running into the same problem with Trey Young. You have to surround those players with excellent, excellent defensive pieces. Now, Atlanta went and got Chris Dunn. I don't see that addition here for Minnesota. But they tried it last year
0: with Culver. That's why they drafted was.
1: I coming. like Culver. Me too. He killed, killed Michigan in the in the in um in March Madness. I think he was Texas Tech. Really, Dude. really good player. And I, I am holding out hope for Culver. I like Culver. The one thing I will say is where does someone like Culver fit in? Because here's what happens when you have all these high picks, is that eventually they start to they start to pile on, on top of one another. Yep. Yep. And you're like, Atlanta's gonna run into the same issue. You know, Uh, they have DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, uh, Herder. They have all these guys, and it's like, well, who's going to play? And Minnesota's running into the same problem. Me, personally, you ask me what the closing five should be. It should be, depending on how Edwards goes, to me, it should probably be Rubio, Russell, Culver, and if Edwards is good, Edwards, Towns but it's just so young. I just don't know. I don't love the shooting. I, I wanted I to go over because I feel like Minnesota deserves it. I feel like Cat deserves it. The offseason that guy had, losing seven family members yeah, to go awful.
0: awful. But
1: I got under here too.
0: The New Orleans Pelicans, 35.5, Ian, is the over-under. That's a 40-win pace. The over is even money. The under is minus 130. I'm throwing to you here because I didn't make a pick. I, I am very torn on this and, and I, I am open to be swayed so woo me ian woo me with your pick i think stan van gundy is one of the 10 best coaches in the league and i
1: think the hire was really good now i do have serious questions about the fit stan is the kind of guy who likes to center around a big man and surround that dude with shooters what happened with orlando that he wasn't able that's his most successful stint he tried it wasn't Detroit, able to, too. Yep. tried, but he couldn't figure out the Drummond-Blake thing. So, I don't see that here. I don't for the life of me understand, and this is, I'm weird with him. I don't understand why they let Etwan Moore go. 39% three-point bomber signed at the minimum in Phoenix. As soon as it happened, I'm like, what are they doing? I like Etwan Moore. Now, he may not want to play there. Could be that. And they're, they're overloaded at guard. But between Lonzo, Kira Lewis, and Eric Bledsoe, I don't know, man. There's not a lot of shooting there. I, I I love Steven Adams. Like, I like these players in a vacuum, okay? I don't understand Steven Adams next to Zion. You know, I, I just don't – I love that Steven Adams is going to bully people and grab rebounds and set mean screens do all that stuff. But why, why – I could just get Aaron Baines to do that. Why do I need to trade for Steven Adams and then sign him to kind of an outlandish extension? So I'm not, I just don't, I'm not following what the goal is. What's the point? They obviously want to play fast, but Stan doesn't always play fast. So I, I, I just don't, I don't know how I love the fit. And now look, with with that said, Drew Holiday is awesome, but Eric Bledsoe in the regular season can really hold his own. Eric Bledsoe is a good enough regular season point guard. And I think, you know, everyone loves to shit on him for the playoffs, and rightfully so, Pels fans. Do not trick yourself in May. But during the regular season, he's going to be just fine. Again, I just don't love the fit. Now, if Zion plays 70 games, it's the over. But are we are we banking on Zion playing 70 games? I don't like it. I think if they're not sure, they're going to be careful with their cornerstone under
0: So my points, which you eloquently have already described. They sent out Holiday. They brought in Bledsoe. But one thing Bledsoe does really well is defend the basketball, which is what they lost with Holiday, and play well in the regular season, which is what this question is about. The lineup is clunky, like brick central. Okay, Lonzo, Bledsoe, Ingram, Zion, Adams. There's one shooter there. One like blood so buddy healed. buddy healed would be a really really good ad. On the bench they got JJ, Josh Hart, can can Kira Lewis shoot? We don't know. Like I love Alexander Walker, but he's not a dead eye shooter. That guy's that guy's an athlete, you know? They're going to be elite in transition if Stan lets them run. And a lot of times that's enough in the regular season. If you're an elite transition team that's deep, you can win a lot of NBA games and not to shit on the Raptors, but they've proven that that they can win. They showed that. You can win a lot of of regular season games playing great transition basketball. It's in the playoffs when it becomes a real half-court game that those types of things really start to show your warts. And I, I like this team for the regular season. I hate them for the playoffs unless they can make a move. And they have the pieces to do that. So we could be talking about this team as like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit, which I agree with. And then in six weeks, they have they've traded some of these problems for things that make a lot more sense. By the way, I would have loved if they kept George Hill. I think George Hill on this team makes way, I'd rather way, George Hill, way, Hill with more Adams. sense. Yeah, I'd rather have them, I'd rather have him playing than Lonzo. I get why you're playing Lonzo because he's young, he's long, he can play defense, and you need to invest in that centerpiece that or one of the centerpieces of the A D deal. But so he, here's the argument for the over. The argument for the over is Brandon
1: Ingram has really blossomed. Zion's lost all this weight. He's finally in shape. We're going to see the the double, the dual threat game record that we saw in college. And, and yep. Yeah. And, you know, at some points with the Pelicans last year, he's in shape. He's not going to be missing games. This is what we're going to get. We're going to get, you know, some of our young guys like Alexander Walker and Jackson Hayes. Those guys are going to get better. I I get it. You know, we got two all-stars. What else do you want from us? That's going to be the argument. So the only way that I see all of that coming through is if all those things happen and or they start like eight and five and all of a sudden Griff starts working the phones and says, hey, what about Lonzo on a couple of picks for shooter X? So I don't know, is it, you know, well, it's, oh too, it's too much. Be, for, it's too be, much for they would. They would be an amazing Bradley Beal destination. Oh my God. Oh yeah, for sure. But for sure. I, we, you know, that's a trade machine thing that we should be looking at is what type of shooter could we be getting for them? You know, and, and that's, that's going to be the thing that they're going to be looking out for, for sure. And if, if Griff makes a move and they're eight
0: and five and they get a shooter, like a buddy healed, I like it. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. I was, I was leaning under. Coming into the podcast, but I just think that it's a team that plays great in transition, who's going to have a, a talent like Zion on their team, I'm going to take that over. And it's a 40 win pace, not a 45 win pace. I'm going to take the over. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, 28 and a half, is their over under 32 win pace? Overs minus 130, even uh, under is even money. This is another roster I don't understand, especially if losing Bogdan, Fox. Heald, Barnes, Bielitza, Bagley is probably their closing five. I'm not even going deep into this. This one's simple for me. Any team with Whiteside on it is going under. It's going under. It's an under. For the first time, as long as I can remember,
1: though, it seems like the Kings kind of had their shit together. There's no D-bots. They have a real front office, finally. You know, the Halliburton pick at 12. Love absolute
0: that Absolute heist. Really quick. Why didn't they match Bogdan?
1: Why? I'm going to get to that. Because I, I, by the way, Glenn Robinson, the third at the minimum, is outrageous. That's a steal. He is a genuinely good rotation player. Clearly, they decided to prioritize Buddy Heald's feelings over matching on Bogdanovich because, and keeping the asset. Because if it were me, I would be flipping Heald and keeping Bogdanovich. People are going to say, well, Bogdanovich is 28, guys, Heald's 27.
0: Yeah. There's There's no was tw- I think he was here. 23
1: when he came in the league. Like, yeah, he- and I, he was a senior at Oklahoma. And, I, and the thing I like about Bogdan is that he's more than just a shooter. He's got some handling chops. Like, you know, he can finish. He's more well-rounded. To lose someone as good as him, who, by the way, had a sign-and-trade on the table with Milwaukee that was getting you some pretty good players like Dante DiVincenzo, you have to think that if you if you matched, could you not trade him in February? For if sure. it wasn't working out, I For mean, sure, and it's not a money thing, so that I completely understand. I didn't get, it. but that was clearly a plea to Buddy Heald, like, hey, stop ignoring our coach's texts. The thing I, the, the main thing I don't understand is that they let Giles walk, and he was at the minimum, and then brought in Whiteside, which I, I, I don't understand. Why is Whiteside coming in to compete with Marvin Bagley? Rashawn Holmes, Frank Kaminsky, and Bialitza. All those guys are bigs. What's the purpose? Why are you inviting that potential headache into your locker room? Now, I do like a bounce back from De'Aaron Fox. I like Halliburton, and I think Bagley's going to finally play this year. I don't feel good about it, but I got the over. Wow. Wow.
0: Well, that's shocking and I may shock you here. San Antonio Spurs over under is 29.5. That's a 34 win pace. Can you remember a Greg Popovich team whose over under was was 34 wins. Over is -125, the under is -105. Ian, go ahead, buddy. Are you taking the over with the Popovich boys or are you going to roll under? The over, I'm taking the over. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm taking the
1: over. I'm taking the over. So they didn't lose anybody. They lost Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli. And I like that they lost Bryn Forbes because it means that they can finally play Derek White the 35 minutes he's supposed to. Full
0: full pause, really quick. Does any of this have to do with the fact that DeMar DeRozan was ranked 82nd on the ESPN top 100? Yeah, I, I want a minute about that. That is absolutely fucking embarrassing. Like, to
1: say to say that that guy is not one of the thirty or forty best guys in the league is fucking embarrassing. Well, I think sixties. How about how that. they are just dis- Bobby Marks came was on the record today. So was Kevin O'Connor saying Kevin O'Connor had him at thirty-seven. This is this is embarrassing. Twenty-point score, wildly efficient, really really good playmaker. Like it's the 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 whole analytics mob and the whole three-point, it's gone too far. It's gone too far. And that's why I wanted the Lakers to get him because that man deserves better. He deserves Tyler Hero
0: was 59.
1: It's He's, disgraceful. He played like 60 games. Disgraceful. So the, the reason I like this is because San Antonio does still have good players. DeJounte Murray is a good player. Derek White is a good player. Jakob Purdle is a damn good player. And then they have the old guard with DeMar and LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> Look, I don't think they're anywhere near being a playoff team, but I do like a nice little mini jump here from Lonnie Walker, and I like the backcourt of DeJounte and Derek White. I like it. I love Jakob Pertl. I think that that, I lo- that was one of my favorite signings of the offseason. This is a pesky team, and I'm sorry as long as Greg Popovich is the coach. They are not going to lose to bad teams. Over. Yeah, I,
0: I – I, And by of- the way, lock. Lock on the over. Wow. I got, I got a couple locks. This one isn't a lock. I have them just going over. Um, I, I see them kind of competing for that play-in tournament, but not quite getting there because the West is so deep. But, and, and again, some teams have to lose in the West. <clears throat> That's why I went with Sacramento and Minnesota going way under, right? Because I, I someone's got to lose these games. Lonnie Walker's fun. Oh, he's so and, and He's so fast. And I think that he's... To your point, I think he can make a little leap. And what they showed in the bubble when LaMarcus Aldridge was out and Pop played the kids is that they're competitive. They're fun. They're fast. They can actually do a lot of things that they can that, They can defend. And by the way, so can Trey Jones. Getting him in the second round, are you kidding me? They can cause some problems. Now, I like the pieces individually more than I like them together. DeMar DeRozan yeah, is a mid-range god. Pick and, is a mid-range god and a pick-and-roll master. He's learned that, especially when everyone sagged off him in the playoffs. Okay. Do I think that DeMar DeRozan is slightly? He's definitely underrated if you're talking about Criminally. him at, at, at 82nd. But that's. But I disagreed with you. I didn't think he would be a good fit for the Lakers because they need around Anthony Davis and LeBron James shooting, 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 shooting. Not mid-range ball in hand, pick and roll action. Hold on, hold on. But 29 and a half, a 34-win pace, that's not right. It's not right. I think they're going to win 37, 38 games, maybe push 40. And DeJounte was hurt. He, 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 like That is their best player, in my opinion. I think DeJounte is their best player, when fully healthy. And let's hope that he is. I got the over as well. So who would you rather have, DeMar DeRozan or Dennis Schroeder? Um, in a vacuum, DeMar DeRozan on the Lakers, Dennis Schroeder, because
1: I think it's DeMar DeRozan in the landslide. And that's because I don't think the Schroeder shooting numbers from last year are real. I think they're, they are more of a blip. I I don't think the, what was it? The 38% on five threes a game was a real thing. I think his career, he's around 33, which is probably right around where he
0: should 33% is better than zero. Which is what Demar is. Demar does not shoot threes at all. No, no, I know he doesn't. Right. But so that, uh, again, that's they're,
1: not they're not bringing in Schroeder. They're not bringing in Schroeder to shoot the basketball. They're bringing in Schroeder to do all all bunch of other things. Now, yes, yeah, in a back game, yeah, Schroeder probably fits better. But Demar, Demar should be a guy that is going to be an asset for some team at some point, point. and whoever gets him is going to be very
0: happy because it's going to be at a discount because whatever wh- has happened to him, this this is it's criminal. I would have liked him in like a place like Washington or a place like Atlanta, where their, their star is an elite three-point shooter. Um, that, that's where I kind of see him being a better fit. Because Memphis it, in Toronto, well, if Ja can, can consistently hit his threes. You know what I mean? Let's skip to Memphis. So Memphis Grizzlies have a 31 and over under. The pace the, that pace is 36 wins. Over is minus 110. The under is minus 120. I really like this team. I do. Ja. Dylan Brooks, you know, Kyle Anderson, JJJ, uh, Giannis, sorry, not Giannis, (laughs) JV, Winslow, if he ever comes back, Brandon Clark is an absolute menace. They have the ability to play big effectively and then play small effectively. I like teams like that, especially in the regular season. With all that said, I don't think they approved enough. And they
1: absolutely I, did not
0: improve enough. And I think that they left a lot on the table where they had a lot of momentum last year. They were going to be the eighth seed if this was a reg, like an, a real regular season. And it's like they punted. It's like they said, ah, well, we're Memphis. No one wants to come here anyways. We're going to give up all these players, you know, at the deadline and hope to swing it at Winslow when you have, we have a really good thing going and then take going in the off season and do fucking nothing. I think they regressed. I think this team is going to be really good really soon. I have the under as a lock. I think they're a lock for the under. What do you think? I have the under as well.
1: So let's just go through it. In Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Mario Hazonia, for some reason. Out Josh Jackson. That's the offseason. That's a bad offseason. And it's an under. I'm not sure they can keep the magic rolling. And we don't know. And the other thing is, we don't know when Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be back. And I think what they've done is they have a lot of these middle contracts. They still have the Gorgie Dang seventeen million, Jonas at fifteen, Winslow at thirteen, Dylan Brooks at eleven, Kyle Anderson at nine, Tyus Jones at seven, DeAnthony Melton at almost eight you know, like they're sort of filled with a lot of these middling contracts that they can't really do much with. Like, this is a team that would have been perfect for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like absolutely perfect. Good point. You know, and they just couldn't get there unless it was sign and trade. And, you know, it's because they've sort of saddled themselves with a bunch of these weird middling contracts. And that's what you get. You get a middling team. Now that's all fine. While John Jaron are on their rookie deals, but they're not going to be on the rookie deals forever. So I got the under here also.
0: I just think that too many other teams in the West got better, and they didn't. Speaking of a team that got better, Ian, the Phoenix Suns over under is 39.5. That's a 45-win pace. Over is minus 150. The under a juicy plus 115. Ian, this was your team of the offseason. I'm letting you roll here. Their offseason's incredible, but they've gotten – this has gone too far.
1: This is not – 45 wins in the West, and that's the pace, is really hard. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I thought for sure this was like a lock over for
1: you. No, I. they feel to me pace – so they feel in the 72-game season, they feel 38-39 wins. Like they feel like they're right there. Like they're push worthy. Like it's really close. But I think it's – I wouldn't feel good about it, but it's an under. But let's quickly talk about the offseason. Rubio to, to Chris Paul is a hilarious upgrade. Like, it's hilarious. And getting Crowder at three years, 29 million, yeah. is a really good piece of business for a team that lacked grit, flexibility, and size. And they get all three of those things with Crowder. They're tougher. They got, and they got some real depth now, particularly at the wings. Provided Sarver doesn't get in the way, this is a playoff team. I like, I do see a lot of the hype. I don't mind it, but this could take some time. Add in the fact that it's a shortened season. Chris Paul, I think, turns 37 during the season. It just makes me nervous. The plus with 115 is
0: juicy. That's why I kind of lean that way. So I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. I don't like their depth. I like... I, I think that they are not a deep team. I really like their starting five. They're starting five of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton, who's probably their starting five and also their closing lineup, uh, depending on where Dario Saric slides into this, uh, into this mix. I, I like Dario. He's fine. Cameron Johnson proved a lot of people wrong last yeah, year. That I like dude that dude. Flat out shoot and do more than that. But they're not deep. You need to be deep. Well, hang areas. on, hang on, hang on. You're talking Abdul Nader... No, 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 no.
1: I'm not, no, no. I'm not talking to any of those guys. Cameron Payne. First. Now <laughs> is the Cameron Payne thing real? I would lean. No, no. I think Javon, I think Javon Carter is good. I think Etwan Moore can, is good. I think Lang Galloway is good. I think you're going to get internal improvement again from Cam Johnson, maybe a little more from Deandre Ayton, another little mini bump from my, from Mikael Bridges. And then you got young guys like Jalen Smith. I mean, I, I didn't like the Damian Jones signing. I never really understood that, but I do think with, with the Crowder addition, they are deeper. They are better suited for what this roster wants to do. They want to shoot around Chris Paul. Lang, Galloway, and Etowah Moore are good professional basketball players. They are rotation guys. You couldn't say that a lot about their
0: guys last year. Like they're fine. They can shoot the basketball. But well, let's we'll, okay. So let's see who left. So Rubio's out. You tra- you basically traded in
1: for Chris Paul. That's an upgrade. Ty Jerome didn't play. Jalen Leck, ditto. Frank Kaminsky, garbage. Okay. Then you're basically flipping Kelly Oubre with Jay Crowder. I'm sorry, that's an upgrade. You and think? Then, really? And then, oh, oh, I do. Yeah, I absolutely do. And then Aaron and- Baines, you lose out on Baines, but you're hoping that Eaton. Not getting suspended for PEDs makes up the difference. I I, I just think I, I think they're absolutely deeper. The guys they subbed out are just better. They I think they are gonna miss Baines.
0: I think that's real. They may be deeper. They're still not deep enough. We saw this like in the bubble. They played that like it was the playoffs. Their playoff rotation now is is good. It's good. I do not think that they are a deep basketball team. I do we deep- get a jump. Do we get a jump? Sorry to interrupt. Do
1: we get a jump from Booker because he's playing with Paul? Uh, Do we get a jump with Aiton because he's playing with Paul? I think you get a jump from Aiton. I think you do. I don't know about Booker. can Booker, so let's say Booker now is what? Top 15 guy?
0: Yeah, 20. Yeah. And he's
1: on the All-NBA fringe. So he's top 15, top 20. Yep. So can he get into All-NBA, no doubter range? possible.
0: It's possible. It's possible. I don't love that Chris Paul traditionally, again, I'm talking myself into the along. over now. I, I don't, I don't think that they're, that they're deep enough for the, for a regular season run of 45 wins in a culture that is used to losing like Minnesota. They have to break. I like money, so money. Many habits. I, I'm, I'm taking the under. I agree with you. It's close, but so I, close. I like this team as a playoff team. Yeah, I do too. I don't Jake Crowder's like as a regular Yeah, I don't like them as a regular season team.
1: The Met- by the way, sorry. Last thing: a lineup in the playoffs of
0: Paul Book Bridges Crowder Aiton, or or Saric at center if they want to play small, or yeah.
1: Yeah, or or Cam Johnson and Crowder spot. Uh, this team is they are deep. They are deep
0: where they need to be, which is on the wings. All right, Ian. Your old hometown, the Portland Trailblazers, 40 and a half is the over-under. A 46-win pace over is minus 140, under is plus 110. I'm going to jump in here. Everyone said the Trailblazers offseason was fantastic. We had uh, Zach Wilson on. He, he, it was his first pick, even though, he's, as we all said, he, he thinks the Lakers are the best offseason, but that was his pick. They didn't do as much as I thought, right? They literally just did one thing. They brought in Covington. But what they did was impactful. They brought in a legit wing to play on their team and provide them with defensive versatility. Right? This I is lived like, there for four and a half years. They never had a guy in their team like Covington. It's well, it was like Al It was a revolving Manu. door. It was Al Furukaminu, basically. But Mo Harkless. But yeah, but Covington can actually do the job better. Right. They still don't have a power forward because uh, our buddy um, Collins. It's Collins, right? He's out. Zach Collins. Zach Collins is out. But Covington can cover some of that. The guy played center last year, for God's sake. Nurk is back and is big for this team. This is a lock for me. It's the over. Here's my X factor.
1: The Zach Collins thing is concerning. Because what it means is that you're going to see a lot of Enos Cantor or a lot of Harry Giles. And I think they view Giles in the Wenyon Gabriel role, which is this is developmental. We are going to, the. I know you're on a one-year minimum, but we are going to build you up. So when does Zach Collins come back? We don't know. They give Rodney Hood a shitload of money. He's coming off a torn Achilles. Yeah. Right? That's not, that's not the greatest. But here's the rotation. Actually, let's go first. In was Covington Cantor, Derek Jones Jr., who I like, and Harry Giles. Out was Ariza, Hazonia, Trash, Whiteside, Trash, and and Gabriel, who you replaced. So that's a clear upgrade in every sense. So the rotation is Dame, CJ, Gary Trent, Covington, Nurkic. That's probably your closing five. And then your bench, you have a lottery, pick, a lottery ticket with Simons, Rodney Hood. I like him better off the bench than as a starter. You got Mello still there for his 15 minutes a night. Giles Cantor, and they still have Nasir Little, who's shown something. Yeah. He's shown something. Something. The projection should go up just based off the fact that Hazonia is no longer in the rotation. And I mean that honestly. He is the worst player in the NBA. I'm telling you, I, so I, to all our listeners, if you haven't figured out, I used to live in Portland. I lived in Portland for four and a half years. And I went to the game last year when Toronto came to town and they decided, Terry Stott said, you know what, Hazonia? I want you to check Pascal. He's like, I got it. I'm not kidding you. Pascal did the same Hakeem dream shake to him. Three straight trips down. Stotts called him to the bench, sat him down, never played the rest of the game. The fact that Hazonia was in that rotation as regularly as he was is so bad. You get to avoid that now. It's between Covington and Derek Jones, that is your 48 minutes on the wing and some mellow, but he's a four now. But you have your wings sorted. That is a huge, huge boost for them. Part of the reason that went so wrong last year was because of injury luck and lack of depth. Covington solves that. And if the Gary Trent Jr. thing was real or semi-real, you have another one. A little undersized, but you have another one. All of a sudden, it's coming together a little bit for Portland. 46 wins, the 46-win pace is a lot. It is. It's a lot. And the under is juicy at 110. But if Dame
0: is healthy, it's 41s. I like the over. Perfect. All right, Ian. The Dallas Mavericks, 42 and a half is the over under. 48 win pace. Over is minus 145. The under is plus 110. I have a feeling you have some opinions on this. So why don't you jump in? They had a clear goal.
1: Get bigger get meaner, get switchier on the wings and rich between. So in was Josh green, Tyrell, Terry, Tyler Bay, Josh Richardson, James Johnson, Wes, a between a Johnson and Richardson. You get much needed grit and defense because as fun as that team was last year, when they were playing the Clippers, and although they gave the Clippers a run, you just felt like who's going to check any of these guys. You know what I mean? And I, look, Richardson and James Johnson aren't, you know, Scottie Pippen. But they give you some size. They give you something. The Curry loss is tough. Curry is, I've talked about this, Curry is an epically great shooter. Like, an epic shooter. But they somehow got Tyrell Terry in the second round. So he's not going to be as good of a shooter as Curry. I don't want to talk Consider that. that replaced. I think a lot of this is going to rest on the health of KP. Can Doncic make one more little jump?
0: I think he can. Over. I really like what they did this offseason. Uh, I, said, I said this before on the podcast. Me Am too. I the only one who still likes Josh Richardson? I think he's a perfect fit besides yeah, he Doncic. He's a, he a spot-up three-point shooter who can play defense. Never needs to hold the ball. Don't touch it. No. You know, he, he's not Klay Thompson, but like he does not need to dribble the basketball. He just needs to shoot it and steal it from you. I really like him. And, and you know my feelings on, on Terry. I think I think he's a perfect fit on this team as well. And I was screaming at the Raptors to take him. But I like Malachi, though. That's my boy. KP is injured still. It's a 72-game condensed season. If he misses the first three weeks, that's like 12 games. And but are you getting Dwight Powell back? Yeah, but I, I Dwight
1: Powell, it. I understand he's not KP. Dwight
0: Powell is legit, though. I know, and Maxi Cleaver oh. was, like, was like the 25th-ranked fantasy player in our, in our dynasty basketball pool and is going for like $40 million in the re-sign. Beast. But uh, the play is the under. The play is the under because of but KP. Does it doesn't make me feel good. I know it doesn't. It doesn't make me feel good either. And I had the over written down. I had the over in stone. It wasn't a lock. It was behind lock and key in the treasure chest, planting it down to the sea. But without KP, and I I know that Doncic is otherworldly special. He is an animal. He is fantastic. If he fixed his jumper from three, it's a wrap. The play. It's is, a wrap. The play is the under, but I can't do it to Doncic. I can't do it to the Dallas Mavericks. It's the over. Let's fucking go. It's the over. Uh, Ian, we have two here before we get to the big three. So let's try and run through these quickly because because we, you know, w- with timing and everything, we want to make sure. I don't that. have a ton of thoughts on these two. Perfect. So let's run through them quickly. The Utah Jazz are forty one and a half. That's their win total. That's a forty seven win pace. I'll just jump in first. This one's really hard for me. It's basically the same team as it was last year, but boyan is coming back. Which and he missed the bubble. Donovan Mitchell's was was that Donovan Mitchell's coming out party? Averaged damn near forty points against the Nuggets. It came down to me: Can Mike Connolly bounce back? If he can, this I should agree. be an over. If he can't, I don't know if they have enough scoring outside of Mitchell and, and Boyan. And relying on Jordan Clarkson doesn't feel ideal. I had the over, but I'm going to go under a slight under for the Utah Jazz. If Conley doesn't perform, you have $34 million
1: expiring contract that you can flip into something at the deadline. So they have a move to make should they get there. So I'm not worried about that. The the biggest, you know, I love the Derek Favors addition. I think it means that you are not falling off a cliff when Gobert sits, and I think that's a good thing. I also believe that I also believe that Bogdanovich coming back is the biggest addition that they could have made this offseason. So I believe it's the over. And they had no choice but to resign Clarkson. It was too much money, but they need the scoring. I have the over. They're too good of a basketball team. And I think Conley is going to come back and he's going to be good. He's too good of an NBA player not to. over.
0: Yeah, you know what? I had the over. I had it written down as the over. But subconsciously, I changed it to the under as I was speaking. I'm going to stick with it. It's in stone. I'm going to stick with it. Oklahoma City. 23 and a half, 27 win pace. Over is plus 110. The under is minus 145. Ian, do you want to quickly hear who they've added this offseason? Oh, I got it here. Go ahead. It's an amazing
1: list. Amazing. (laughs) In Al Horford, Ty Jerome, Jalen Leck, Vincent Poirier, Trevor Ariza, Justin Jackson, George Hill, Darius Miller, TJ Leaf. Out. Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Terrence Ferguson, Abdel Nader, Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, Nerlens Noel, and Andre Roberson.
0: Ian, what's their starting five? Shea, Hill, Ariza.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. Someone it's, it's and gonna, Horford.
0: It's going to be Shea, Dort, Ariza, Lee, and Horford.
1: Yeah, do, oh no, that, I can see Ariza playing the four. Yeah, but that is Gross. <laughs> that is gross. Look, to me uh, let me jump in to me this is the under i think they they have some easy east teams like they play new york charlotte chicago orlando cleveland all in the first half so they could compound some wins there um i love the horford edition for them contract aside do not let the contract dissuade you for how good of a professional Al horford is um i love shea Fortunately, they haven't surrounded
0: him with a ton. That makes me nervous for his development. But I got the under here. They want to be bad. They're going to be bad. It's the under. The Denver Nuggets, forty-four and a half, and a half for their win total. 51 win pace. The over is even money. The under is minus 130. Vegas wants you to take that over, Ian. Are you taking the over?
1: No, I got the under. Um, my big problem is... The guys they added, RJ Hampton and Facundo Campazzo. If I got that right, sounds like a coffee maker. Um, I don't think the coffee maker and RJ are going to be ready to rock. So I got the under. And and look, I think it's actually it's really fucked up to say this, but the Jeremy Grant loss is massive for them. It sure is. It's a it huge sure is. Deal. And I like I've been penciling in Jermichael Green to the Raptors for. No joke, five years. You're not alone, I love Jermichael Green. Adore Jermichael Green. He doesn't do the same stuff that Grant does. And that's why I think the way the the only way you can take the over here on a number this high is if you feel here here's here's what you here's what you feel. That the Jamal Murray stuff was real which was he turned into an off-the-bounce terror with a Kyrie-esque layup package. He was absurd. Is that real? I'd argue yes, but was it real? And the other question is, are they going to take a swing and trade for another star? Those are the only ways i take the over. And in a condensed season, in a really tough conference, I just don't know. I don't feel good about it. I got the under.
0: This is another one I thought you had the lock on the over. I also have the under. And I agree with you. I think the loss of Grant is going to be big because he did a lot of the little things that is needed to account for some of their defensive limitations for Jokic and Murray. I also really like the RJ Hampton pick. I like their depth. But I I think their ceiling rests with Michael Porter Jr. I I really do. I think that if he makes that mega leap, then the over is a lock. Because I think then there are... they, They have the ability at least in the regular season to be the best team in the Western conference. If Denver called you right now and offered you Michael Porter jr. For OG Ananobi, would you do it? Probably. And I'd feel because Ananobi better. for the record is the perfect fit for Denver. I know. I'm no, also seriously, would you that do actually it? hurt my feelings because I love OG, but I think I, I, I would do that deal because I think that he's a better asset than to go do something else with, if you need. Um, but Og is i, I would perfect i i know you wouldn't, I, wouldn't. I, I fuck it i can't either get this guy out of here keep leaving my og <laughs> um okay. we're losing enough of our championship team can we keep og please uh the starting five of murray harris michael porter jr Millsap, jokic i like that i think they need another center i, I know you don't like plumley but he at least brought an element of what jokic is to that second unit like right now Millsap is their backup center don't love that um I think more things have to go right for them for this to go over. I love the Monty Morris signing, by the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I Love that. Better, He's better than Tory Craig. Uh, I like Monty Morris a lot. I, I just think that more things have to go right for them, for them to get to 50, a 51 pace or, or 45 wins. And what's more realistic is it coming slightly under? Uh, One thing we didn't mention with Oklahoma City. Those <laughs> veterans. back to them.
1: The George Hale-Trevor Ariza group. Those guys are going to be traded, 100%. and if I'm Denver, a reason George Hill makes a lot of sense for me. Just want to throw that out there.
0: I would be a reason
1: George Hill. George Hill is a shooter behind Murray. They can play together. That makes a lot of sense for I'd, me. I'd rather I'm mo- calling Oklahoma City saying, "Hey, what is it going to take?"
0: I'd be monitoring Phoenix personally if I can jump in and get Jay Crowder if they're if they're under uh, underperforming. I'd rather have his fit on this team, especially because he can play the four. I'd rather his fit on this team than uh, than Trevor Reza, but I understand where you're coming from. I think having one more shooter, someone as good as George Hill, I've already I like talked the, myself The into George that. Hill thing, I like, I, I like Absolutely, yeah, but I like that. I, I, don't, I don't love the Ariza thing. So the Clippers, the Los Angeles Clippers, who are now going after Norman Powell and OG Ananobi and Kyle Lowry and everybody. 46 and a half. 53 win pace over under is apologies over is minus 120 the under is minus 110 come on ian you have the floor talk to me about raptors west
1: this is uh,
0: bucks west this is just a non-starter this is under you know
1: like the the amount of scrutiny that this team has been under. And by the way, if you don't subscribe to The Athletic and follow the work that those guys are doing about the Clippers, I feel sorry for you. Those, the guys covering the Clippers are doing an amazing job. All the scrutiny that's been out there about Paul, Georgia, Kawhi not wanting to practice. There being different sets of rules. The role players not understanding their role as role players. All that other stuff. I just don't see how that goes away. Like, yes, Ty Lue did it in Cleveland. I get it. You brought in the you brought in Serge Ibaka, who's supposed to calm all that down. I get that;
0: those are two things that are going to be positives. There's no. Kylo had LeBron James in Cleveland. Let's just, remember, well, yeah. just remind everyone.
1: Let's just remind. Well, yeah, everyone. and and look, are we gonna? Pre- this is the same roster. Are we gonna pretend that because you swapped out Montrez for Serge Ibaka that this is gonna make this all better? I'm just not sure this change was enough change. I think that if they wanted to really shake it up. Paul George needed to go. And by the way, it should have been Paul George for for James Harden, and they should have called it in the league already. And look. Houston says no to that. They probably do. I'm just not sure it was enough. Now, maybe Paul George decides he's got to man up and practice more. Does that sound like him based on his interviews? Does he sound like one who's going to be accountable? I would argue no. But let's say for fun, Ty Lue's able to work some magic. And hey, Paul George is practicing again. Do you think Kawhi gives a fuck about your feelings? He's resting in San Diego and waiting for the playoffs.
0: This is under. And by the way, lock. Lock on the under. So last year, they played to a 49-win pace in a 72-game season. I think one thing is overlooked with the Ibaka deal is that they really didn't have a lot of shooting last year, especially when Kawhi went cold. Now, Ibaka can shoot the basketball. Every Raptor fan knows that any number that's associated
1: with Serge Ibaka shooting is not.
0: I know because he can also shoot you out of games because like we've said multiple times on this podcast, if he hits three early, you're most likely losing the game in the fourth quarter. But I like the Ibaka pairing with Zubach way better than I liked Harrell. It gives them a lot more diversity. I hate what's going on with that culture. It is disgusting. It's just uh, and you can't fix that overnight. I'm really torn on this one.
1: I love I'm, Serge Ibaka. He's not solving that problem. I'm I really, sorry.
0: I really don't like their guards, though. Pat Bev, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, Lou Will, Luke Kennard. And what the fuck was that Marcus Morris contract? That was awful. Uh, Ian. By the way, it, <laughs> Serge is coming
1: off the bench.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I, I would assume so. I think he'll be the closer, but he's coming off the bench. I'm still taking the over. Ugh. Because I, I think I think they'll put more stock into the regular season than the Lakers will. And I think that that's important. And I really don't feel good about it, but I'm taking the over. Uh, speaking of those pesky Lakers, our last one, Ian, the NBA champions, the Los Angeles Lakers have an over-under of 47 and a half wins. That is a 54 win pace. The over is minus 125. The under is minus 10. Go ahead. Because I don't have a pick. So I want to be swayed. Woo me, me again. La- Woo me again. To me, the Lakers are the
1: most improved team in the NBA outside of probably the Suns and the Hawks. But the Harrell, the Harrell edition, the Gasol edition, the Schroeder edition, Wes Matthews, a- them convincing AD to somehow sign the five year max.
0: With and then the layer option after the second year. Unbelievable. Like everyone that was
1: shitting on Rob Polinka, please walk your words back. Keep that same energy now. You lose Danny Green, but you replace it with Matthews. JaVale, Rondo, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, Deon Waiters. And you replace them with the guys I just mentioned. I mean, that's just a home run of an offseason. Look, they're on a short layoff. Yes. LeBron is going to potentially be getting rest. I like the under here. Yeah, it worth saying this is the team I I, I, this is a team that is the no doubt favorite to repeat as champions. I love their offseason. I agree with you 100%. But this is not a LeBron doesn't give one shit about the regular season. This is the under.
0: That's why I picked the Clippers to go over. Because I love their offseason. The Lakers. I love it. You look up and down their roster. There are just no holes. I like their versatility. They can play big. Their closing five is as good, is better than anyone's. LeBron, Schroeder, KCP, you pick one. Kuzma, Caruso, Wes Matthews, and then Anthony Davis. If they're playing against Denver, you got Marcus all closing games. And my question to you, again, I have written down here, leaning under. But my question to you is going to be with the quick turnaround. Is this the year that LeBron really rests up to ramp? But sorry, really ramps up his rest for the playoffs, and I think that it is. But I will say this: even though I'm picking the under, even if the Clippers win the West in the regular season, makes no difference. Zero in the playoffs. No. You think at Staples Center? You don't think that's a home game for the Lakers every single time. forget.: well, Yeah, especially since by it's, the time the, the Western Conference final possible. rolls around,
1: it could be there's fans. a chance that there's fans there.: Yeah.
0: Oh, I, buddy, I agree with you, 100 percent. It's the under here, but they are the best team in the NBA, and I think that's a good place for us to end. Any final thoughts before we sign off?
1: We're going to have to do this for the Eastern Conference. It's going to hurt my feelings more because it's going to mean I got to talk about the Raptors and my love for the Philadelphia 76ers offseason and all that other stuff. But this was fun. This was good. Let's uh,
0: give us your thoughts on our picks here. Let's see how we did. Absolutely. And, and we're going to put out a nice graphic indicating who who what we have. And we will have a friend, a new friend of the show, coming yes, on sir. next week to discuss the over-unders in the Eastern Conference. Look for us later this week. With our week 14 picks, as there's an NFL football game going on right now where Des Bryant tested positive for COVID 19 on the field, hugging Dallas Cowboys players, and they still let the game go on. So, NFL undefeated. Ian, sign us off, buddy. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Uh, Please stay safe out there.
1: Good luck with the remainder of your holiday shopping. And as always, wear your mask.